When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. I'll tell you what, the, the gambling aspect of it now, there will just be a lot of things in place. Okay, I'm going to rest my guys in games where I think we're going to win but we're favored by eight and we win by three. Um, you know, I, I just think there's a lot of things in place when you start lending guys on the whole page. Which two games am I going to hold Peyton Manning out of? Um, which two games is Tom Brady not going to play? Right. Um, I, I just, I don't know how, how you could really do that. That right there was Tony Dungy on Pro Football Talk. Matthew Collar, Myron Metcalf is actually in this studio. He does exist. I do, man. I'm here. Thanks for having me. Uh, For the hour, Myron Metcalf, we've got hot routes coming up at 3 o'clock. Zolgad will be in here. And Tony Dungy was talking about the 18-game season idea. Now, before you shut the radio off and say, guys, it will never happen, stop. We do have something to talk about with this 18-game season because there has been an idea pitched by the NFL owners, this coming today from the Wall Street Journal on the 18-game season, that would include players only playing 16 of the 18 games. And remember that we are going to get into CBA season pretty soon here, where uh, you're hearing all about labor talks and so forth. So uh, give me, Myron, your reaction to when you read this article from the Wall Street Journal about the owner's pitch to have 18 games, but players only playing 16 of them. What stood out to me overall, Kyler, was the idea that I don't think this is going away. I understand that players uh, are resistant to this idea. There's just no, when it comes to health, there's no benefit for players, especially average Joes, to play two additional games, right? If the goal is to extend your career. At the same time, there are $2.5 billion on the table. The projections are that if you play an 18-game season, the NFL would get an additional $2.5 billion. The players collect 47% of the total revenue in the NFL. So there's that element, too. If you're a player and you're the players' union and your whole motto has been, how do we help the average Joes, um, you can't just ignore the possibility that the cap could go up $15 million. Uh, but I also think it's a hard, it's a tough sell if you're the owners, but I think they'll continue to push it. And this at least gives you a variable of, okay, 18 games, but you'd only have to play in 16 of them, which makes it at least an interesting conversation, although I just don't think it'll happen. Okay, so let's try to work out how this could actually happen. Yeah. I mean, what, what, like, are you going to say to the Green Bay Packers, you get Rodgers for 18 ga- or 16 games, but for two, you have to play Deshaun Kaiser or whoever the heck their backup is now? I mean, yeah. I, 
could there be a quarterback exception to this where the quarterback, I think that fans, if they knew that their favorite quarterback was not going to play that week and teams were lining it up. So, all right, when we play against this team that we think we're way better than that's when Deshaun Kaiser is going to play. If you're a fan, you're like, nah, I ain't going to that one. I am not no. playing, paying full price to go see Deshaun Kaiser take on the Cleveland Browns. I show up and I pay to see Aaron Rodgers. Now, the other thing about the NFL and just the reality of it is with quarterbacks, those are the only guys who you could ever say that about. So when I saw this idea, my initial thought was, oh man, you end up getting to the third or fourth running back. That's going to be pretty bad. But as long as it wasn't the quarterbacks, I don't know that anybody would really care if it's Alexander Madison or Delvin Cook starting in the backfield. And it would make for some pretty interesting coaching decisions as a season went along of when are you going to take out your number one wide receiver? When are you going to take out your top pass rusher for that one game? Yeah. The thing I would be concerned about, though, Myron, is there are already a ton of injuries in the league. And by the time you get yes. to the end of a season, you're playing half of your team anyway because most people are hurt. So you're still going to get those injuries, but then you're going to have backups who are role players that have to sit out games. So you're going to get pretty far down the depth chart at times, I think. But, Kyla, then we have to make a decision, though, right? If if our true goal is to uh, minimize the potential harm that can be done to players, right, as it pertains to injuries, why are we still playing four games in the preseason? Yeah, it's a good Four question. games where a lot of young guys, a lot of guys who aren't Tom Brady and Drew Brees, who are trying to make rosters, trying to solidify their spots on the depth chart, why are we playing four preseason games that these guys end up playing, and then you play 16 games and then maybe a playoffs? There are a bunch of guys on NFL rosters who are playing 20-plus games any given year. Four preseason games, 16 regular season games, and then possibly the playoffs, right? We don't care about quarterbacks playing in the preseason because we all go, well, we'll just wait and see what happens in the season. You don't want people to get hurt. So I, I, I do think that fine if you don't want 18 games, fine if this uh, wrinkle doesn't work, but why are we still playing four preseason games? If you tell me that I can go two preseason games 18 real games, I'm taking that if I'm the players. But if you tell me, okay, we're going to maintain the status quo, that's fine. But you got to help me understand how we can keep going forward, say we're concerned about injuries, and not make some dramatic change to the status quo. But in my mind, there's no way that the owners would agree to reducing the number of preseason games because that's revenue for them. But they, they have to. Well, if they get $2.5 billion dollars, then they're going to get rid of two preseason games. I would think they would have to. See, I, I think that they, I think that they make still a lot of money on those games, don't they? I mean, if you're a season ticket holder, sure. you buy the entire twenty game package, and then you try to sell off and you lose money on those. Yeah, but you have to buy the entire package of twenty games, and they don't say, oh, well, you're actually going to pay less for these preseason games and more for these regular season games. It's just this is how much it costs for those 20 games for season ticket holders who make up a huge chunk of any team's audience on a given week. Definitely. And so they wouldn't be saying, because they've already got that money. When they're playing, um, who was the was it Mitch Leidner, when Mitch Leidner is playing the fourth preseason game for the Vikings, well, the Wilfs already got the money for that game from all the season ticket holders. Sure. doesn't matter how many people show up to actually watch Mitch Leidner. So my guess is that they would not be taking away preseason games. They, they, have to. they would just be, you know, worse and a waste of time as always. But I think if you're the owners, the concept is you're not taking away games because if you went to two preseason games and you add two games, I think they're looking at, okay, you remove two preseason games. You start the season earlier. Now we get to week 17 and 18. And, and yeah, Drew Brees has missed two games. And yeah, Tom Brady and Kirk Cousins, they've missed two games. There's been sort of a strategic approach to which games that they missed. But now we get into weeks 15, 16, 17, 18, and now you know your best players are going to play. And you know there's a sense of urgency here because now you've got to think this thing through, Collar, if it's real. Mm -hmm. You've got to think, when am I going to not play some of my best players? What kind of groupings are you going to have? You know, Who do I sit at the same time? I think that could be fascinating, and I also think if you're a team like the Patriots or the Saints, sure, from a revenue perspective, you know not as many people will show up if Drew Brees isn't on the field. But my man, if I can get two extra weeks of rest for my guy who's approaching 40, whose body could break down at any moment, I'll take it. 
I, I will take that because I think that's the other potential benefit is you are possibly preserving your star players so that when you get down the stretch to playoff implication football, those guys are ready to go. I think part of my angst here would be then that the teams who have the best backup quarterbacks end up getting a massive advantage over the teams that don't. So the Minnesota Vikings have Sean Mannion. That's two yeah. losses if the other team has. How about even just take Washington, for example. Their backup quarterback is probably going to be either Dwayne Haskins or Case Keenum, which you wouldn't necessarily want either one of those guys for this year. Maybe Haskins becomes good, but rookie quarterbacks, you never know. But if they have Case Keenum coming off of the bench and you have Sean Mannion, then there's a great chance that they beat you simply because their backup quarterback is better. I really don't think I want to give teams that that reminds me of the NHL shootout where the shootout is worth one point. If you lose the shootout, two points, if you win the shootout. So teams who are really good in the shootout end up getting in the playoffs sometimes. So you have, you have this gimmick at the end of a game that's determining the standings. And for me, this gimmick to make sure we've got 18 games would be determining the standings unless there was a QB rule to make sure that they played the 18 games for Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Drew Brees. But, 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 but they're not going to want to do that. They're going to, they're not going to want to be like, Oh yeah, I'll play more games for the same money. But isn't it on you though to, to have a team that potentially has a better depth chart at, at that position? And no, it's, I know it's hard to find great backup quarterbacks. I, I get that. And I get the skill set varies depending on who you have. But you know, to me, that puts more of a premium, puts more of a responsibility on GMs in the NFL to make sure that their depth charts are solidified. Because now those two games could potentially shift your season. Now you've got to figure out, okay, if my top guys don't play, who's behind them? In the NBA, this would never work, right? In a star league, it would never work. In a league where most guys are replaceable, 95% of the players in the NFL are replaceable to some degree, I think that could work. Quarterbacks, you're 100% right. I don't know how you deal with that drop-off. That would be the main concern if you're a GM or a coach. If I don't play my guy, I lose those two games. Now we're potentially out of the playoff picture, and now I've lost my job uh, as a result of this new system. But I also think people would adjust. They would adjust and they would find a way and there could be some benefit for the players. It would make for a really interesting storyline in the lead up to games for us of who are they going to pick? Who are they going to sit out yes. today? Who are they going to keep in today? And it just would add to the layers of debate of, well, they, did they make the right decision yeah. sitting out Kirk Cousins for this game that they thought they should win? Or yeah. should you do it for a game you think you're going to lose and yeah. then you just take the L and then Kirk Cousins goes and beats the teams he's supposed to beat? But here was a, a thing that I was uh, thinking about is just that there's a huge gap, I think, between really good backup quarterbacks and really bad ones. So SB Nation did a list of the best backup quarterback rankings. So the teams that would get a huge advantage only because they had better backup quarterbacks would be the Colts with Jacoby Brissett, yeah. Chargers with Tyrod Taylor, the Saints with Teddy, assuming he's anything like old Teddy, Nick Mullins with the 49ers, Ryan Tannehill with the Titans. Like, are we? Do we really want to give these teams credit for getting washed up starters because they're going to be better than, you know, whoever has Paxton Lynch as their backup quarterback. Like I I just don't, I don't like that idea because the quarterback determines so much of whether you win or lose. But you're, you're also missing the fun of this. Finally, Kids are going to go and shop for backup quarterbacks' jerseys. For the first time in NFL history, little Junior's going to say, Mom, take me to the store. I need that Jacoby Brissett jersey. I need it. I can't go to school without it. Here's the other thing. How about this, Collar? The Saturday before every game, this is a televised event. There are chairs, like The Voice. You can't see who's sitting in the chairs, right? All of a sudden, when you know, you want to know who's not going to play, everyone turns around. <laughs> right? It's a televised event where okay. every team, they're sitting in chairs facing away from the cameras. They all turn around simultaneously, and you find out the people in the chairs are the ones who won't be playing on Sunday. Are you kidding me? So you just entirely convinced me that this is the last this, thing in the world. This that is I want. the greatest thing that, that can happen. That was to the, the worst sales. This pitch is I've the ever greatest heard. thing. You just hate the voice. Right just now, admit you were, admit it. You were on water skis, and there was a shark in the water, and you were jumping it. You were jumping right over that shark no, I, with having the players listen, turn around for who's playing. And who's I'm Ray playing. Lewis. I would fight that <laughs> shark. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, let us know what you think about this. 651-646-8255. Would you support the idea of 18 games if players could only play in 16 of them? How about kickers? That would be funny, which you know, the Vikings can't find a kicker no matter what. Now you've got to have two kickers on your roster because you have to sit, you'd have to cut someone to bring in the kicker. Because the, the long snapper <laughs> exception. I mean, this is this is the biggest mess ever. And as fun as it is to play around with, like you're talking about, and come up with all of these ideas, it's just so hard for me to figure out how this would actually be implemented and whether people would want it or not. Because we're we're almost getting to the area where I, I love changes in sports. I love rule changes and talking about them and debating them. And some in sports have worked out super well. Like, they used to run over catchers all the time in yeah. baseball. And the old school people were like, oh, you, you, that's the toughness of the game. <laughs> yeah. You know what doesn't happen, though, is catchers get murdered. Yes, like, yes. They get to play in the game. Yes. So great, great change. Uh, even the extra point, I will give the NFL the extra point moving it back. I thought this is the dumbest thing ever. But yeah. now, if you're a Vikings fan, you got to stay in your seat to watch it. Yes. Because it's the Vikings and they're kicking a field goal. Bears too. Um, but, but there is a certain level that we reach where I'm like, okay, now we're not even talking about the same sport anymore. This is the put someone on second base in extra innings. Okay, I get where you're going with that and why you want to do that, yeah. but you're fundamentally shifting the game. And when you have the most lucrative sport that there is on this planet, why, why are you trying to fundamentally change what you have? You know why? You're going to say the money. I'm going to say the money, 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 <laughs> money is the is the true lyric. Uh, the salary cap since 2011 <laughs> has gone up about ten million dollars per year. Yeah. Right. Uh, we're probably a year away from that number hitting two hundred million dollars. Right. This is a league that has a chance if the projections are accurate to make an additional two point five billion dollars. I know the players union is resistant to the idea. I know clearly there are some serious hurdles. And if I were a part of the players union, you know, I'd resist too. I'd say, wait a minute, two extra games for what? But if you're the owners, all you're seeing is $2.5 billion. Mm-hmm. All you're seeing is an opportunity to turn this behemoth that is the NFL into even more of a lucrative machine. The NFL historically has never turned down options to make more money. That's true. So I'm not convinced that they're going to suddenly just let this idea you know, off the table and say, oh, players don't want it. We're going to ignore it. I think owners will continue to push. Well, here's one area where players probably would support this is that you would have to pay depth guys more money. If you look at the Minnesota Vikings salary cap right now, it actually will kind of make you laugh because there's all these guys who are star players that are getting paid a bunch of money that have huge salaries. And then if you're looking, if you just have the, the chart in front of you, which I'm loading on my computer at the moment, yep. it, it just goes off the side of a cliff. Yes. You, you've, you've got your Xavier Rhodes and Daniil Hunter and Kirk Cousins and all these guys making money. And then you get down to, oh, okay. Uh, right off the edge to Anthony Harris and right off the edge to Shamar Stefan. And then everyone else is a rookie, Jaleel Johnson and Ben Gideon, the guys on rookie contracts. So you're making up 60% of your roster with guys who are on rookie contracts. It would probably allow for some players to extend their careers by a lot. Because imagine, like think Antonio Gates. Just uh, he's not retired yet, is he? But maybe he is. Antonio Gates came back. He's back. Played last year. Is he back this year? But somebody like him, what if you said, okay, Antonio, you can come back, uh, but we're going to play you as our second tight end for a couple of these games, and we're just going to give you a couple mil, and you could be our, you know, fourth tight end. You're deactivated, but for these two games, we're going to use you. That might allow some players to actually play longer and make more money for the guys that are not just the quarterback. Yeah, and I think players, that's why the the, uh, the union has to at least consider if there are alternatives to what the owners are, are pitching at this point. Listen, you play three years, you get post-retirement benefits, pension and things like that. So that's a real thing. If you're a guy and the average NFL career is about 3.3 years, and now all of a sudden you play two extra games, and now you're in the league for two years instead. I mean, those those are serious things. At the same time, if most guys are playing two to three years, and there's an opportunity 
to make even more money during that short span. Mm-hmm. If you're the players union and you're saying this is about the everyman, it's not about Tom Brady and Drew Brees and Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes, that this is what the fight is about, you have to, at a minimum, at least, have a real conversation about this opportunity. Well, it's interesting enough that the owners brought it up. Yeah. Because before this, we haven't heard anything like that. It's mostly been a myth. The yes. the AT game sees it as a myth, and maybe someday it, it'll arrive. Um, but with them starting to push it and us approaching the time where they're going to have to negotiate a new CBA, yeah. it might be upon us. And maybe my feeling about fundamentally changing the game Maybe it would be like when they went from 14 to 16, and I'm sure there were people who were like, 16 games, way too many. That's, that's too long. Yeah. Uh, I do think that they're, the season being as long as it already is, is super stressful for fans, and I'm not sure that even fans want more than this. Fans don't. You, you can't trust fans. Fans will say that, and then they'll go to every yeah, game. No, that's a good you point. cannot trust that's fans. That's a good point. All right, feel free to give us a call on the topic, 651-646-8255. Yesterday, Courtney Cronin and I talked a bit about Melvin Gordon and his situation and the future of running backs. So I have written down some questions for Myron about running backs in the future of the NFL and uh, how basically they're not ever going to get any money ever again. So we'll be back here. You're listening to Purple Daily here on Friday in Score North. Boy in the center this time. He's got Mo Harris outside the numbers to the right. Houston stuck in the box. He gives it to Peterson. He breaks it to the left. Five touchdown! Adrian Peterson takes it to the house. And with the PAT, the Redskins will take the lead. All right, we are back here on Score North. Matthew Collar, Myron Metcalf, and um, yesterday on the show, Myron, we had a guest say, why did you make me think of Roger Clemens pitching with a boner? And I think just before we went on, the... It worked out fine for Rick James. <laughs> Go in that category. That was a good conversation. Out of context yes. quotes that uh, we should tweet out. So uh, you and I are going back and forth a little bit uh, before the show about running backs in the NFL and the yeah. situation with Melvin Gordon for the Los Angeles Chargers. Don't tell the Athletic that if you saw the, yeah. the tweet from yeah. the Athletic calling him San Diego. I, I've finally gotten it in my brain now. Yeah. Los Angeles Chargers. And so they'll probably move back to San Diego and just yeah. ruin all Either way, LA fans won't show up. Doesn't matter. Know. So they don't know where it is. <laughs> and if they thought San Diego people were driving up to LA. <laughs> all right. Have you ever, I know that you go out to LA sometimes. Have you ever tried to drive from Los Angeles to L- Anaheim even? Let me tell you. First time I went out to LA, I was a young cub reporter. And, um, I was like, hey, I got to go to Anaheim. Gave myself like 30 minutes. You know, mid- Midwest. Midwest. I, I had to be there at 4, 3.30. I'm legitimately at a cafe. 3.30, I got to be there at 4. Midwest me is like 30 minutes. That's plenty of time. I remember going up to the woman who works at the cafe, and I'm like, hey, man, I'm trying to go to Anaheim. I uh, figured it's 30 minutes, right? She just looked at me like, you poor child. <laughs> She's like, no, it's not going to take you 30 minutes. Uh, it might of, take you... Of human time? Yeah, it, it might take you uh, two hours. I'm like, yeah, right. You don't know how I drive. She was right. Yeah. Um, so I had the bright idea to go to an Angels game, and my wife's family lives in Los Angeles. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, you know, Anaheim's not that far. There's a yeah. Los Angeles and <laughs> yeah. Angels of Anaheim. Yeah. So let's just go to their game because... Dodgers games are a real hassle to like get in and out of those Dodgers games. There's a reason why people show up in the third inning, because it's hell to get into that stadium. Yeah. And the parking lot is 600 miles away. So I was like, oh, it'll be fun. I've never been to an Angels game before. It looks like a cool stadium. And it was crawling along for two straight hours it's before scary. we got there. And um, it was just like my wife's knee locked up, <laughs> just like yeah. pressing the brake too much. Yeah. Like, okay, these things are not close to each other. And if you guys thought that people were driving from San Diego up to Los Angeles to see these games, you were wrong. No. 
But anyway, uh, Melvin Gordon can live wherever he wants if he's going to hold out and yeah. uh, look for a bigger contract from the Chargers. And it has sparked the debate about running backs in the NFL. There are many, many good running backs in the NFL right now, as there usually are at any time in the league's history. And some of them have gotten paid. But, Myron, when you look at the guys who have gotten paid and how it's worked out for their team... The bang for the buck really hasn't been there, and teams have finally figured this out, that if you pay a running back, a lot of times you're not getting the best of that running back for their career, the the second half, the second contract, and that a lot of times you can replace that production with somebody else. Yeah, there's just, if I were a, a GM, an owner, if I ran a team, I would never give a running back more than... Six to seven million dollars max. That to me is probably on the high side, seven million. But the era of the ten million dollar running back, I think that will come to an end very soon, because it's arguably the most replaceable position on the field. And I think the Kansas City Chiefs. If you're Melvin Gordon, the Chiefs really crush you right now. Yep. Because Kareem Hunt gets suspended. People are going, "Oh my goodness, what's going to happen to the Chiefs?" They don't have one of the premier young running backs in the league. And if you look at their production on the ground in the weeks that followed Kareem Hunt's suspension, not a whole lot changed. Damian Williams steps in. Who? Not Kareem Hunt. <laughs> not not that kind of playmaker. Mm-hmm. But his production was similar. And this is a guy where if you're Melvin Gordon, yes, you just had a breakout year. If you're going to ask for more money, now's the time to do it. I understand that. At the same time, if I'm the Chargers, I go... Good luck at your next stop because we are not going to pay you because guess what? You can be replaced perhaps even within that own franchise. Austin Eckler has been a pretty good running back. They've got guys who can move the ball for them. Gordon has not been healthy over the last two to three years. He's had some stretches with injuries, and the Chargers have still been one of the better teams in the NFL. I think Gordon picked a terrible time for running backs to say, pay me big money. I don't think the Chargers, at least, are going to give him anything. So, looking at the top contracts, Todd Gurley is making the most per year, and he has an arthritic knee, according to his trainer. Didn't play in the playoffs. Didn't right. I mean, didn't or play didn't play didn't, well. Didn't play well. Didn't carry the load that we expected him to. Le'Veon Bell. We'll see. I mean, he sat out the whole year, which actually might help him rejuvenate the body. Maybe. I thought. I have wondered about that for a couple of different situations when guys have been out for a year or yeah. had some injury that kept them out and came back and they looked like they were totally refreshed. Because Adrian these, Peterson. Adrian Peterson's a great example, but even Richie Incognito, I covered him in Buffalo, and as crazy as Richie Incognito is, he looked like he was kind of just a mediocre guard yeah. when he played for Miami and then took a year off, came back with Buffalo, and was a monster and made the Pro Bowl a couple times. I, I wonder about the grinding on these guys' bodies if sometimes you get time off. So maybe Le'Veon Bell, after a few games, um, if he'll be pretty good, but we'll see on that. And he didn't get as much money as he thought he was going to no. get. So he's number two. David Johnson, who? I mean, oh for, my goodness. for a year million? or two, right? For a year or two, he's, he's good. And 13 million. Devontae Freeman, hurt all the time. My goodness. LaShawn McCoy, nowhere near worth it. Good player in his prime, but nowhere near worth it. Jarek McKinnon tore his ACL. Wow. Um, Lamar Miller is just another guy, basically. I mean, the, the higher paid running backs are not at all performing. Uh, in the same way that you see with almost every other position where the highest-paid players are usually outperforming everybody else. Yeah. And uh, we're not seeing that from the running back position. So I wrote down, Myron, a couple of questions here on this notepad for you about running backs because I think we're on the same page that teams are going to stop paying them for the most part, and that's probably the the smart thing to do. Yeah. My question for you, though, is because I think there are exceptions to this rule, and, and we'll talk about that a little later, but... Older running backs who got paid a bunch of money. Adrian Peterson is one of them. I made a joke about Sean Alexander off the air. Which one of those guys would not have been valued the way that they were then? So let's say, go back to the early 2000s. I think it's a heyday for great running backs. Which one of those guys would we look at now and go, eh, pretty replaceable? Is Adrian Peterson in that group? It's kind of why I wrote the question. I mean, then Adrian Peterson has to be number one on that list just because I don't think the league would have allowed Adrian Peterson to employ the skill set that he has and it's a it's a it's a unique skill set. I mean, 
North-South running backs, there have not been many better than Adrian Peterson. But in terms of a league that demands versatility at that position, um, I think AP would be the guy whose career would look uh, a lot different had he played uh, today compared to playing when when he did. AP, to me, Kyler, was maybe like the last sort of great running back, if you will, in terms of an era that was still saying, okay, run the ball, and that's how you win games. Right. Even though we had seen like spread offense for years, and we'd watch teams like the Rams in the early 2000s, it, it wasn't like a foreign concept uh, to to do some of the things that is that are more common today with these versatile offensive schemes. But Peterson played at a time when we were still saying, run the football, run the football, run the football. Now we know that that's not the way to win games, that that's not your best path toward being a premier football team. And I think an AP would be the guy who suffered the most. So Adrian is a really interesting example because he was not a great catcher of yes. the football or pass protector, which now I think the value of a great pass protector goes up yes. and up and up. And, of course, uh, definitely the value of a great receiver yeah. goes way up. He'd be a two-down back today. But I, I look at the number of explosive plays that he had and and the number of touchdowns that he scored, double-digit touchdowns from 2007 to 2013. And we know from watching Adrian Peterson, those were not one-yard pound into the end zone touchdowns. A lot of those were the big plays. I think with his skill set, it was so unique. I've never seen anyone like it. There's probably only five players in the history of the game as explosive as him at that size. Yeah. And Jim Brown, like it's yeah, Jim Brown. It's what Eric Dickerson, Dickerson but even more. Sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, so at that level of explosive plays, I think that's what you're really looking for in football, and is a is a major reason why they focus on the pass a lot because you just have a way better chance of getting thirty or forty yards or a fifty yard touchdown or something. That Peterson would not have gained two thousand yards. He would never get three hundred and forty eight carries. I think he would always have a place in this league because of his athleticism and how unstoppable he is with the big plays. I think it would just be different. So maybe even early in his career at, say, uh, Oklahoma, they would be focusing on him learning how to be a better pass protector, learning how to catch the ball to the backfield. I mean, he always said that he tried to learn those things at the NFL level, but by that time, yeah. it's probably too late anyway. Yeah. And and we always blamed Adrian for that, but it's really hard to keep up the level of play as a running back and then also be like, oh, yeah, learn to do this too. Yeah. I think that's I think that's asking a lot of someone to just learn how to be a great receiver. But when they did throw him the ball, there was one year he had 43 catches and average ten yards a, a reception. Fascinating. So it's you know I think that it's it's almost like the single A player right now in baseball is practicing hitting home runs at single A. They're not yeah. getting to the big leagues and trying to adjust their swing. No, they're trying to jack homers at single A. Where maybe in the past they would have been line drive hitters because that would have gotten them to the big leagues. I think Adrian's career would have just been different. He also might have been like you know Sony Michelle in uh, New England. Yeah, he, he doesn't really catch the ball much. They no. hand him the ball. They throw the ball to it's a beautiful pickup for them. They throw the ball to the other guy, James White. So they kind of have their their dual type of thing. Uh, the Vikings had that a bit with Chester Taylor. I wonder if that would have just been more of his career. Yeah, I think with with AB, it, it would be different. I mean, I think he'd still be an effective player. Um, he just wouldn't be Adrian Peterson. You put him on this team right now. You know, Adrian Peterson is prime. You put him on the Vikings roster right now. If you're Stefanski, this goal still has to be. Hey, Cousins, you're targeting Thielen and Diggs first right. and second, yep. and then we'll figure out the rest from there. Sure. It wouldn't suddenly flop to, we've got Adrian Peterson, let's feed him 30 times. So I think that, to me, is the difference. I don't know, other than, the Cowboys are a great example, right? When Zeke, early on, is getting carries after carries after carries, and they're struggling and struggling and struggling, and then Prescott finishes the season. Why can't I think of the receiver from the Oakland Raiders who got Cooper. added to the Amari team? Cooper. Amari Cooper shows up, changes everything. For him down the stretch. I just don't think you can find a team today where you go, okay, a $10 million running back is certainly worth that money. It's certainly someone you should not only pay, but you should make them the focus of your offense. That seems like a very outdated concept. Yeah, so to your point with Adrian, and you're saying that he wouldn't get paid the way that he did if it was today. In 2009, it's the great... Uh, example of we could take this and say if the Vikings ever did have a great passing game, yeah. they really only did 
once during his career, and then what? I mean, 2015, the passing game is decent, um, but still not like it was with Brett Favre in 09. So that's the only year where they had an unbelievable passing game, 2009, and he ran for 1,383 yards, and he averaged 4.4 yards per carry and caught 43 passes. That is extremely replaceable running yes. back play. Yeah, that You can almost get two guys. You don't even need one guy to do it. You get two guys to come in and... This this guy runs the ball 150 times. This guy runs it 170 times. You throw it to both of them, and you're probably fine because you have Brett Favre. In fact, I mean, you really could argue that they didn't need to, even this franchise didn't need to pay Adrian Peterson when they did yeah. and, and what they did. That it might have been a mistake to have done that way back when. The missing element in this conversation, though, is when you're talking about an Adrian Peterson. And Melvin Gordon, I don't think this applies, but it would apply to Ezekiel Elliott. People who are fans of that team want to see those guys play. So when Adrian Peterson, in terms of filling up that stadium, he's a major factor in that. If you're Jerry Jones, you're going to give Zeke big money. It's probably going to be a mistake production-wise, but I think Zeke Elliott has established that he's one of those young players that a lot of people like. Obviously, he's had his off-the-field issues, but... You're paying them to keep this unit together that you think, okay, people are going to fill up this stadium to see these guys play. So there's that marketing element of this as well. Uh, But in terms of just production, it's hard to make a case that there is any running back in the entire NFL uh, who is not replaceable, starting with Saquon Barkley, who I think is is an amazing young back. That if anyone you were going to pay, I'd pay Saquon, knowing that I'd probably get four to five more really good years out of him. But even him, he can be replaced. So that's interesting about the marketing thing, because I wonder if that's more perceived than reality. By it's a good question. Is there any non-quarterback player who is going to have an actual box office impact if you lost them? I mean, just... Well, look- I, I think I think Zeke would. In, in Dallas. Now, Melvin Gordon you, does are not. Are people not going to Dallas Cowboys games if they well, lose no, I mean, not, Now, see, not going, no. But in terms of, I think there is an expectation that he's a star. Sure. I don't know how many running backs are stars. I'll say that. I think Zeke is one of them. I don't think Saquon Barkley is even a star yet. Melvin Gordon is definitely not a star. I think Adrian Peterson in his prime was a superstar. Uh, regardless of any position, he was a superstar. And I, I think that... You know, not having him, sure, people still showed up for games, but especially if you're not a great team, not competing for championships, that star player going for 150 yards, that might be the only thing that you're really paying to see. Yeah, that's that's fair. I think if you're not a good team, you're probably in that boat almost no matter what these days because every running back is so similar that who is going to be the AP? There isn't one now that is so exciting No, beyond – like. I mean, Barry Sanders would have been. Okay, you'll show up to see Barry Sanders no matter what. There is no AP or Barry Sanders in the league now. I'm not sure that at that position that we're ever going to see someone who is worth the price of admission, even if you know their team isn't good. I think it's going to be entirely uh, with the team. And and I think that just in general, people, fans are loyal to quarterbacks. So if Aaron Rodgers was traded away from Green Bay... Oh, they're a different world. But I think every other position... That fans shrug their shoulders when guys leave. They're a different world when you're talking about quarterbacks. I'm just trying to come up with a list of the few running backs who might have that pool. The the, you the know, celebrity they might have. Back. I mean, Le'Veon Bell is a great test case, right? Doesn't play for a year. Did the Steelers notice from a fan perspective? Yeah, no, probably not. Yeah, and he would have been one of the biggest stars in the league. I feel like the Cowboys have a different culture because of who Jerry Jones is. Because you've got an owner who is out there promoting his players the way that he is. So Zeke might be an exception. But if you're Melvin Gordon, you can't go to the Chargers and say, I'm important, you got to pay me, everything changes if I'm not here. If you're the Chargers, you go, man, it's been real. See you with your next team. Every Everything with the NFL, though, is so tenuous and so like short-lived that fans are trained to move on quickly from anything. Yeah. When Adrian Peterson left here, I don't think anybody cried any tears. I mean, there's Randy Moss would be maybe the only player here, non-quarterback, that people would remember when and how they left. 
And you you have to be that level of accomplished, that franchise changing of an individual player, non-quarterback, to do that. I'm not sure even Ezekiel Elliott, as big of a star as he is, reaches that sort of echelon. And I'm not sure that anybody can. So that's they would be perceived, I think, on owner's part to be saying, well, we can't let him go because people come in the building to see Zeke and everyone's got his jersey and they're going to be mad if he leaves. But NFL fans get over it fast. How about with Kyle Rudolph? As soon as Kyle Rudolph said, you know, I could actually take some oh, more yeah. money. People were like, see you, bye. Yeah. Oh, Irv Smith? You want to move, you want to move into Kyle Rudolph's house? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. he's leaving. You can, you can have his house. I mean, Delvin Cook's the same Not way. Not even on the market. Delvin Cook. Oh, okay. I'm excited about Delvin Cook. The next guy's always coming. Let me get to um, some of these other questions I wrote down for you. Uh, is there any... It's special that you wrote down questions for me. I know. Just for you, on this... this is, what is this? It's a sticky that's note. That's a sticky note. Sticky note. Yeah. They make, that's, we make those, right? That's a 3M thing, right? Sure. I believe it is. Okay. Maybe. I don't so know a good if these are, fact the, are the brand on the back. No, I think um, they invented them. They invented the sticky note? I think they did. There's so I might be things. lying about that. If I'm lying, I apologize, but I think that's true. So many things that I wonder on a day-to-day basis, like, okay, who came up with this? Just just Who's, say it, though. Whose idea was Just this? say it and it becomes fact. That's amazing. Yep. Um, Lincoln actually invented the sticky note. You have it wrong. <laughs> yeah. just... so it gets lost in history because of the whole freeing <laughs> the slave thing. Um, <laughs> uh, sticky note. <laughs> Footnote. Can anyone make this so I can stick it on the fridge? Did you you ever see the Lincoln with uh, Daniel Day Lewis? Yeah. It was like, just talk normal. No one knows how he talks. That's Uh, true, though. No one's ever heard him. Stop doing that. We've all made it up, though. Nobody knows. No one's ever heard him. There's no audio recording of. That's like when they make movies that take place in, like, Norway, 1400 or something. (laughs) And they're like, oh, yes, Norway is where we are. You're like, stop, stop. That's not the accent. No way that's the accent. We probably couldn't even understand it if you were doing it right. That's true. Anyway, that's not about running backs. And we're late to the break already. But let me ask you this. All right. Uh, Anybody in the league right now you would pay? Running backs? 15 mil a year, anyone at the running back position, any player. Zero. There was not, not one running back one. from starting with Saquon. There's not one running back in the NFL right now that I would give $10 million to. Okay, I've got two. And let's talk about that on the other side of the break. I will give you my two, and then we'll finish these other running back questions. When we return, Myron Metcalf of ESPN in here on a Friday on Purple Day. 248 here at Score North. That means it's time for the Score North download. Jonathan here as we gear up for training camp starting in just about two weeks' time. Plenty of publications are coming out with their season previews for teams and Yahoo Sports was the latest to come out with theirs for the Vikings. Here's what they said in conclusion. You will find the Vikings total hovering around nine. The over feels attainable. The Packers are breaking in a new coach. The Bears feel bound to regress after a 12 win. 2018 that was fueled by a, a historic defense and the lions are well the lions by 2018 per winning percentage the schedule is tough the vikings have drawn the afc west out of conference play at the end of the day though there's too much talent here both on the field and sideline for the vikings not to bounce back to double digits so what's your thoughts fans hit us up at score north on twitter at skor north on twitter for your thoughts on what the vikings will do this season that's your score north download now back to Purple Daily. A non-quarterback hasn't won the league MVP since Adrian Peterson did it back in 2012. Does Saquon, speaking of NFC East run game, does he have what it takes to take the MVP in 2019? Here's what I think about Saquon. All of us, all of us in the media, are waiting for somebody to do the thousand and a thousand. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. I think if you hit a thousand and a thousand and the Giants get to the playoffs, that's what it takes. That was from Good Morning Football, the discussion about Saquon Barkley potentially being MVP of the NFL. I don't know what that would take. 120 catches and 1,500 yards. It's going to be a quarterback. Why do we even give out the MVP anymore? And the New York media, too. I guess that would help. Well, maybe. Yeah, that's that's a good point. So we've been talking about running backs, and I wrote down some questions on Lincoln's sticky notes here to (laughs) discuss with you. And uh, so you said you wouldn't pay any running back $10 $10 million in the no. NFL. I have two names for you. I don't know. Try and convince you of this. Okay. I think I know they are, but yep. Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. And I will give you my reason. It's obvious, but I'll say it anyway. Okay. These guys are receivers. They, they play running back. They hand them the football. They get five yards of carry, but they are wide receivers. Why are we calling guys like that running backs? The term running back 
is outdated. Um, but when I think running back, I think traditional North South running back, the McCaffrey's, the Kamara's, I think guys like that, I think Saquon can be, those guys can play. They're more than that. Le'Veon Bell, the hype around Le'Veon Bell wasn't because this is a guy who get a thousand yards, 1500 yards on the ground. It was that he's more than that. I wish there was a term collar that went beyond running back that, that described those guys, the Christian McCaffrey's, uh, who are more than that. You know what? They should running backs. Here's what they should do. Yeah. They should take a page out of political playbooks. Okay. When, you, when you don't like how something's being presented by the media, you start to you just change the language. Change you just call thing. it something else. It could be the same exact thing, but you just call it something else. I've got lots of examples, but I'm not going to give them because <laughs> yeah. we're going to stick to football. But uh, running backs like that, like Saquon Barkley. And like Alvin Kamara, I guess I would put Barkley in this conversation too because yeah. he had ninety-one catches, and that's nuts. But but McCaff- they're not receiver, they're not running backs. Yeah, McCaffrey is different because you can put him an outside wide receiver, and he could run like an you know an actual route, and he could return kicks. Remember, remember the days when like you would have a running back who could return kicks, who could do so many other things. That doesn't happen the same way it once did. Mel Gray and all those guys you just named. How old are they? Glenn Milburn. How old are the three guys you just named? Barkley, Kamara, young. McCaffrey. Yes. Right. So here's here's what's got me turning the wheels here is with some baseball players, you're seeing them play the outfield or DH and then pitch Yep. Uh, with Shohei Otani, the McKay guy from uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. And if you were one of those two, I think what you would want to do is try to develop uh, a, a new type of position just called like playmaker. I mean, think about yeah. They call them edge rushers now. Yeah. When did that happen? It just kind of happened. I don't know when that happened. Yeah. I mean, I, they were always defensive ends to me. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, people started calling them edge rushers. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I guess we call them edge rushers now. I'll call them edge we rushers can with you guys. Yeah. So, it's not like, hard to change. We right. Can. If you started saying, this is a this is a different position entirely. This is not yeah. a halfback or a tailback yeah. or a running back. You would say, this is a playmaker. And playmakers get paid different amounts than running backs do. I don't think Melvin Gordon falls into that category. No, no, no. Playmaker is good. You got to put a little something on it, though, to make it stick. Sure. For that I thought a money back. Money back is good. Um, yeah. That, that Especially because you're using it to try and get money. Yes. Money back could work, maybe. What about cash back? Like, you, know, you, yeah. get, you get cash like back. Cash back could get confusing. Yeah, sorry. Money just, back wasn't good enough, or was it? No, money back was good. I, I thought was, it was good enough. Just a, I'm a one ups man. Okay. I do that. I get um, it. I'll just move on. Okay. Delvin Cook. Tell me how this is going to play out for Delvin Cook, because if he has a really good year this year, the Vikings will pay him. I'm telling you, the Vikings will pay him because they pay people regardless of positional <laughs> value. Here's how I know. I like Linval Joseph. I think Linval Joseph is really, really good. Yes. But most nose tackles in the league get paid like five million bucks. If you're not somebody who's an Aaron Donald, he's not a nose tackle, but a defensive tackle who can sack the quarterback ten times. If you're not that guy, you're replaceable. The Patriots always have some new guy who's their nose tackle, and he's always fat, and it always works. And here's the Vikings paying twelve million bucks for a nose yeah. tackle. Here's the Vikings paying. Uh, Anthony Barr, a, a linebacker, another position that a lot of people think you can replace. Yeah. So they're going to pay a running back if Mike Zimmer is still here, I think. They're like me at Home Depot looking for grills. You know, like, oh, I, I need that. The new one that just came out yeah, with the extra uh, the extra grill and the extra burner. Okay, yeah, you're right. I do need that. Um, I, have I, a, I have a really small one that works great. No, you don't need a big grill. Big grills are rated, but I got one because... Other people in the neighborhood have them, and I'm competing. <laughs> so I, I think with Dalvin Cook, if he is a difference maker. Now, to your point, the Vikings may pay him regardless. But I think if we look back at the 2019 season and we go, Dalvin Cook is, I'm going to use a collar phrase, playmaker, mm-hmm. who makes big plays. You can say money back. Money back. Money back playmaker, which could be a great rap name. Uh, <laughs> money back playmaker. I think if we go, MVP? yes, if we go, he's a difference maker. You know, this team that has struggled in third down situations, struggled in some of these tight games. If we can look at Dalvin Cook after 2019 and go, that guy helped you win games legitimately. Mm. Uh, I think then you have that conversation. He's got it to me, Kyler B, a consistent third option as a receiver. He's yeah. got to be a guy who does more than just runs the football. If you tell me that 
Cousins can go one, two, three, and Cook is a part of that. Cook is your number three. I think then you start talking about money. If if he's just a good traditional running back who doesn't really give you more than that, who's replaceable with a hard-working third or fourth-round guy, you don't pay Dalvin Cook. If it's swing passes, then no. If it's no. deep passes, then yes. That's how I would do it. Because, I mean, his yards per carry, considering the offensive lines they've had, are good. Yes. He's one of the best yards after contact. It's it's great. But it's kind of minuscule in the bigger picture. A guy who averages 4.2 versus 4.6 yeah. just isn't impacting your wins enough. So it has to be in the passing game. And uh, I will. I'm going to... Pass that idea along to all running backs. Start calling yourself something else. And, you know, now that everybody can look at the analytics on where you lined up on every play, these running backs could go, hey, I was lined up as a wide receiver 40% of the time. You can't call me a running back. I know that didn't exactly work for Jimmy Graham, but I think that that's a fight to be had with running backs who are like that, guys like Kamara McCaffrey. All right, before uh, you go, Myron, can you just promote my article that I sent you that we didn't actually so talk we, about? So we had, yeah, we had a a, a pre pre uh, show meeting, and Colin just sent me like eight articles that he's written. Yeah, but what about at, Kirk at, Cousins? At, is really good though. At what website? Scorenorth.com. And is there an app? There is an app. Oh, good. Can you find it there? You can find it. Great. It's free. Yes, it's free. Uh, that's the whole show. It's a great app. <laughs> find all college stuff. Thanks for thanks for your time, Myron. <laughs> All right, every, uh, well, actually, next Friday, Myron, I will be down at the Pro Football Focus offices doing the show from there. So take a week, go back, mess with your grill, cook for the community, do whatever you do. The entire black community I got to cook for. That's a lot. I ain't got all those ribs. That's that's way, way too many people. And plus, imagine if you brought the whole black community, how many people would call the cops? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Couldn't help it. It's the summertime. (laughs) Might be my last show, right? It's okay. Let's call it with a bang. All right, well. Hot Routes is next. <laughs> Bye, Myron. You're never allowed back. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll return here, I think, on Purple Daily. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot. How doers get more done.